This is a Federal News Network podcast. Air traffic control is never easy work, but now controllers are concerned about coronavirus, working cheek by jowl in sometimes cramped airport control towers. Here with an update on the situation for them, the executive director of the National Air Traffic Controllers Association, Trish Gilbert. Ms. Gilbert, good to have you back. Thank you for having me, Tom. Appreciate it. What are your controllers telling you? What is the situation now in the towers? And I guess it probably varies because some towers are big, spacious ones and others are tiny facilities. Correct. There's, you know, uh, several hundred uh, air traffic control facilities across the country, Um, not just uh, towers uh, at airports, but radar rooms across the country where essential personnel, uh, those that we represent, air traffic controllers, are reporting for duty to ensure that, you know, the system continues to run and get the needed supplies uh, across the country and throughout where just the stuff that we're shopping for, certainly the needs of the healthcare community. So they're there. They have concerns just like every other citizen in the United States on their well-being, the well-being of their families. And certainly we are trying to do the best that we can to comply with CDC guidelines in areas that workforces have to work almost right on top of each other. They share equipment, they share space, and some towers, as you mentioned, and some of the workspaces are very close quarters. So we're working very collaboratively with FAA to make sure that um, we are keeping people out of the operation that don't need to be there, that aren't essential, that we are uh, only having essential personnel there that need to be there. And those that can come in at a separate time, come in and uh, our schedules actually are somewhat isolated. So if we do unfortunately get a positive test in a facility, they don't expose the entire workforce from that facility. They've only exposed that crew that they've worked with. Do they have sufficient masks and what other wipes and those kinds of things, the supplies people need? Well, supplies have been an issue throughout this uh, several weeks of the crisis, you know, just like everywhere else, disinfectant, sanitizing materials, wipes, gloves. We've been able to catch up uh, on some of that, but certainly now that we only have those essential personnel in the facility, they go a lot further. Um, We are asking that, you know, everybody use those materials as they change out positions. Um, They are not wearing masks. They can wear masks. Um, They, NACA had provided some face coverings, not really, um, you know, high quality, but something that they could wear just to protect not necessarily themselves, but their co-workers, just as CDC describes. Um, so they are doing that. Certainly, um, they have stylists to use to punch the buttons on the work positions uh, and hopefully keeping their close contact between people that are taking over positions away from each other. Yeah, that's a good point. These are shared mm-hmm. facilities that successive shifts will come in and sit at the same place using the same buttons. Exactly right, right. And and the FAA, working with them almost immediately into the pandemic, we asked them and they were very much uh, agreeable to increasing the amount of uh, cleaning that takes place in the facilities and the level of cleaning. So higher level of cleaning uh, daily, certainly that doesn't prevent our workforce from cleaning between people swapping out on position. And then when there is an identified positive, we come in, the FAA comes in with a more robust cleaning level three, uh, basically sanitizing like a medical facility before the next crew comes in. We're speaking with Trish Gilbert. She's executive vice president of the National Air Traffic Controllers Association. That was my next question. It sounds like you are satisfied with the responsiveness of the FAA 
in listening to the concerns and providing what's needed? We have very open uh, communications. We talk several times a day, do a lot of virtual meetings. Um, I don't I don't think anybody in this country was prepared for um, this situation. It was it's easy to look backwards and say we should have done this a week before we should have done this two days before. But as we all know, it happened very, very quickly. And uh, we are we've worked with the FAA for many, many years on many different issues and a lot of crises, whether it be staffing or government shutdowns. And they reacted as quick as they possibly could, being that they are so large and they have so many boxes to check. Doesn't mean we weren't frustrated. Doesn't mean we didn't disagree. We certainly did. But eventually we got to a resolution where, one, we could keep the system running to get those supplies where they need across the country. But at the same time, ensuring that the workforce that has to be there is as safe as they possibly can be. And among your members, have you had cases of coronavirus and has everyone survived? Yes. Yes, we have had about 115, maybe closer to 120 now FA employees that have tested positive for COVID-19, uh, 42 air traffic facilities, some of them a couple of times have had a couple of positives in the same facility. And of those, about 32 are air traffic controllers. Um, a couple of them have spent some time in the hospital, but all of them have recovered. Well, that's good news there. Is- and I was wondering, with the drastic reduction in commercial air travel, has the same reduction occurred in general aviation, or maybe there's an uptick in it because more people are flying privately? And has the level of air traffic in general affected the staffing required in the facilities? It has. The the reduction in air traffic has allowed us to segregate those crews. So where we used to staff a crew of, say, 12 in an air traffic center uh, in one area, we now can staff it with three people for an eight-hour shift. So that allows us to have redundancies available with crews and separating those crews out. That way, um, they're not we don't have extra people that don't need to be there, but then we have, you know, unfortunately, if we have a test, then we have only exposed maybe three or four other people in that area. And you have another set, another crew that hasn't been uh, in the facility that can come in and, and work the traffic and keep the system moving. Now, FAA facilities are stuffed with computers and other electronics of all sorts. And that means there's a lot of contractor support. What happens when a board needs to be changed out or some update has to be done? Can contractors get in and have you figured a way to have that happen safely? Yes. I mean, and, and some of the positive tests that have happened uh, in the FAA have, have been from uh, technical operations or what we refer to as tech ops. Uh, they are essential personnel as well. They, uh, the FAA has worked with that frontline workforce to have them be away from the operation until they are needed. And then certainly if they are needed to come in to maintain equipment, that there are precautions taken. Doesn't mean we haven't had incidents where they've been positive and there's been others exposed because they tested positive that has occurred. But they're trying to make sure that we uh, are smart about the social distancing when they have to come in and do that work. And certainly we sometimes have to go uh, reduce ATC zero where we we just recently a couple of days ago at Washington Center, which is in Leesburg, Virginia. One of the janitorial staff tested positive there, which then uh, potentially exposed the entire the entire facility. So they had to close it down uh, on the midnight shift, which is overnight, a couple of hours while they did the level three cleaning. And then they also, we work very closely with FAA aerospace medicine so they can identify 
those that have been exposed and trace back uh, those that might need to be quarantined and not come back to work. And certainly anybody with symptoms of any kind uh, are not coming to work. We, the FAA is having them stay home. And then if, if they are able to, to get tested as well. It sounds like in general, though, you've got the situation under control. We have spent a great deal of time uh, working through protocols, checklists, contingency planning, uh, many, many individuals working very hard to keep those two goals at the forefront, keeping the people safe that have to do the essential work and keeping the system running to get everything where it needs to be for the rest of the country. Trish Gilbert is Executive Vice President of the National Air Traffic Controllers Association. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it, Tom. Anytime. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.